This week's episode is brought to you by SketchWallet. SketchWallet provides some awesome products for artists on the go, like travel size sketch pads, pencils, and of course, let's not forget SketchWallet's feature product, the SketchWallet. It's a handy little high quality wallet made from real durable materials that acts as a wallet for your mini sketch pad and pencil and things you'd normally keep in your wallet. And it fits right into your back pocket or purse. Then when you fill up your sketchbook, they make it easy to refill your sketch wallet with easily reloadable materials that you can order right off the website. So head to sketchwallet.com T-A-N right now to check out their beautifully made leather options as well as their budget and vegan friendly canvas options coming soon. Again, that's sketchwallet.com T-A-N. This is the Animation Network. With this podcast, you get to tune in every week to hear top industry professionals in my network discussing network animation. Our goal here is to bring you effective tips, tricks, secrets, and practices for breaking into and navigating through the current landscape of TV animation. I'm your host, Chris Wimberly. Thanks for tuning into the network today. Hey everyone, Tiara here bringing you another episode of the Animation Network podcast, episode 87. This episode, you guys, was a true labor of love. When I say we had to record this episode three times, yes, me and my computer are not on speaking terms right now, except for the usual stuff, you know, a little memeing, a little Facebook here and there, but not talking, but we were able to get this record out and I'm so excited for you to listen to it. I did this one with my good pal, Ryan, who is truly just amazing, great personality, great energy. You guys are going to love this episode. So even though it took me a while to get it done, big thank you to Ryan for sticking it out and doing this episode three times. She's the true champ here. I'm excited to bring you this episode. So I don't want to take up too much of the time because I want you guys to jump in, really get into it and just have as much fun as we're having. So I don't want to take up too much of your time by just going on and on about how great she is because she's great. So here is our episode, episode 87. I really hope you enjoy it. And here's Ryan Tangle. (laughs) Willy Wonka, Woodo, Woodpecker, Woodo, (laughs) Woodo. Okay. Mike is good. I see levels on here. There are levels. Am I close enough? Do I need to get closer? You can always be a little bit closer. Whoop. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And um, we're about to do this. Okay. Third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. Third As they say the in show business and in life. And I think a lot of people just say that. Yeah, I think so. But we're going to do this. We're going to do it right We got this. I believe in you and I believe in me. Yes. And if this does not work out this time, then you're just not cut out for this. I'm sorry. I understand. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're back with another episode of our podcast. And I have a very delightful guest with me today. A a good friend. Uh, A common enemy of some of my other friends. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, I'll let her introduce herself. So why don't you start with uh, who you are, what you do, and where you work. My name is Ryan Tinkle, mm. and I am an assistant technical director at Cartoon Network. This is true. I, I can confirm this. I have seen her work in her Snuggie. I love my Snuggie. It is I, a nice Snuggie. Important advice, be comfortable. Yeah. I mean, show up and be you. 
So why don't you tell us a little more about yourself? So you're originally from the South. Yeah, y'all. Yeah. But you went to college out here. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us where you went to school and how did you end up studying there? Um, well, kind of a condensed version is I realized I wanted to be an animation when I was 16 from the movie Meet the Robinsons, which changed my life because I was going through a tough time. And the phrase, keep moving forward, meant a lot to me. And I ended up writing a letter to the director and telling him how much it meant to me and how it changed my life. And he wrote me back and we're friends. And it inspired me to move to California. And I wanted to affect people the same way that this movie affected me. Mm. So I was like, animation's key. Got to do it. Moved out here and went to Woodbury University which is in Burbank, which makes it very convenient for networking because all the studios are right there. Yes. And you're also our second person who's went to Woodbury, even though yes. technically you were the first person because I interviewed you first, but then it didn't work out. Uh, yeah. But I sounded like the devil. It's okay. <laughs> you can tell people. I was possessed for a minute. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, but so, again, you're another person who went to Woodbury and you were in their animation program. So how is that for you being there? And because you guys have a lot of like pretty notable alumni who've kind of graduated from there. So what was it like? And just tell me what you enjoyed about it. Uh, it's interesting because it's the program, I think, has been around for about like 15, 20 years, which compared to a lot of other animation programs isn't that long. Um, but they were one of the only schools I found that could that taught 3D and 2D. And since I wasn't sure what exactly I wanted to do in animation yet, because at first I wanted to do everything. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> and then you do it and you're like, ooh, actual animation's a little more tedious than I expected it to be. Yeah. You can't work as fast as Glenn Keane immediately. No, 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 no. And uh, I really liked that the program didn't have the same sort of reputation as like a CalArts or even a RISD like you went to. So you could really make a name for yourself no one really had any specific expectations of the school. And it was, as Nicole mentioned, a school that didn't require portfolios. Mm. Thankfully, I went to an arts middle school in high school, so I already had a portfolio. How good it was is objective. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. Um, but I had something and I had some prior knowledge going in. But we were all at different levels going in. They just didn't have access to the education to learn how to draw necessarily. Because some public schools don't like to fund the arts as much as others. This is true. So you were in the animation program. You're studying. You're growing. You're doing mm -hmm. great things. Learning. Growing. Learning. Learning. Mm -hmm. Did you know what you wanted to do specifically in animation? Or how did you kind of figure that out? And then also internships. Did you do any? Did you I not did do some any? internships. Okay. Let's, let's um, talk about all that. I know my first year I changed my mind a lot because every new class was something new and exciting. And I was like, well, this is what I'm gonna do. Oh, no, 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 I changed my mind. Now this is what I'm gonna do. Um, but by the time I hit my sophomore year and I took my storyboarding class, I was sure that that's what I wanted to do. And then I actually did it in the real world and I changed my mind again. <laughs> but uh, for the three, the last three years of college, I really focused on story and composition and shots and all that fun nuances that goes with sto visual storytelling. 
Um, and then when I was a junior, I got an internship at Nickelodeon on the show Sanjay and Craig. When I was a senior, I got uh, my internship at Cartoon Network on Black Dynamite. Oh. Mm-hmm. So what was it like interning for both Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network? Were there any like big differences between the two that you noticed? So I found that Nickelodeon really like has their internship program like figured out. At least when I was there. I can't speak for it now. Yeah, yeah. It's still good. It's still yeah. good. <laughs> but like they had weekly intern lunches where we got to meet a new person in the uh, the studio and they were really good about like giving us time to learn with our crew and to go out and meet other people on different crews. Mm. It was an open invitation to email anyone in the company to ask for an intern meeting in just like 15 to 30 minutes to talk about their career or whatever. And um, I learned a lot there, but when you're actually on the crew, there's less for you to do necessarily. And um, this is different for every show, of course. But Sanjay and Craig was, they had like their stuff figured out. So I was mostly organizing files and stuff. And then when I went to Cartoon Network, um, Black Dynamite was awesome. But there was only about five people on the crew because most of that show is outsourced. So I was doing actual on-the-job work. Like, they needed a PA, and they didn't have one, so I basically got to do PA work. So I got to learn a lot from that experience. And I got a closer relationship with the crew because there was so few of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you do your internships, you finish school, finish your film, and then you graduate. What did you do next? Um, next I was unemployed for about six months. Oh. And I fell into a deep depression about it. Oh no. Because when I was in school, I was the president of the animation club and interning at all these places and going to every volunteer event and working at the Annie's and doing everything I was told I was supposed to do to be able to get a job. And then after college, I applied to a couple places and it kept not happening. I, mm. For one reason or another, I wouldn't get that job. And I, I was a, very disappointed about it. And I had this sort of entitlement because of the work I had done in school that I just mm. expected things to happen immediately for right. me. Which I feel like a lot of people go through when they first leave college. Yeah. You think it's going to be easy, but really it's about luck and timing and knowing the right person who can vouch for you when you're so new to this industry. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, I was able to get a job. Um, My first job was at Splash Studios, which Nicole also talked about, which has had a few name changes over the years. (laughs) And I worked there for about three months. And then after, I went to Stupid Buddy Studios and worked on a bunch of different shows there. And then after that, I got to go back to Cartoon Network. This was all within around two years altogether, or a year and a half after college. Sweet. So to like go back to that time when you were like unemployed and trying to figure out what to do next, what did you do to stay motivated and on track towards finding your next job? 
Like, was there something you did consistently that you felt helped you get over the, the career? Yeah, the, the slumps of like, oh my gosh, like I, I should be doing something or why aren't yeah. I doing this? I'm sending these inter- or these resumes out and knocking out these interviews, but it's still not happening. Um, I found it was more about keeping myself motivated to keep putting myself out there was really the key so what i did was just watch a lot of movies that were about young 20 year olds trying to figure out their lives that'll help (laughs) yeah i watched reality bites and i watched a lot of avenue q cried Mm. a lot in my apartment to avenue q (laughs) um because it helped me to know that i wasn't the only one experiencing these things and to go back to that sense of entitlement i had um when i finally got one of my first jobs, I was talking to someone and I found out that I got my internship, my first one at Nickelodeon, because of the work I had done at school. Oh. Because an alumni I had worked with, Susie Campos, had uh, I had organized an alumni event and worked with her. And when I was being interviewed, they saw that I was from the same school and they called her. Because of my, my work at school... I was able to get that first internship. And from there, it was just proving myself along the way mm-hmm. to all these people I met that I was capable and hardworking. So we see that like it yeah. still pays off. Yeah, too. student, like as long as you're always putting your best foot forward and trying the hardest you can, people react to that. Mm-hmm. Because you do get a lot of lazy people in the industry still. Yeah. So always putting your best and trying your best and admitting when you're wrong and admitting when you're learning can get you a long way. I totally agree. Have to do your best with what you have. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's a tough business. Yeah. And people, they notice that. Like they see if you're actually like working hard or yeah. kind of what you've done before. And that's come up before like what you've done at school can come back around in your professional career because we have, you know, a lot of people who teach, who are actually working in the industry Mm -hmm. or still know people in the industry and they might get asked for recommendations from people. So you never know. You have no idea. And I've had people like our producer come up to me and saying, hey, they went to your school. Like, what do you know about them? Yeah. All the time. Sometimes I have no idea who they are. (laughs) But sometimes I do. (laughs) For the ones that do. Yeah. For our next question, um... You went through a couple of different positions at your job. Right now, you're in a position that you didn't even know existed, which is very impressive, very impressive. But why don't you tell people a little bit of like exactly what you do and what a normal day is for you as an assistant technical director? Yes, that is the most frequent question I get. Who are you? What is it that you do exactly? (laughs) Um. So basically, we work in the flash department, you and me. Yes. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now they do. So in flash, it's important to know what assets have to be built before to put into flash because flash is really just streamlined for actual animating. There's you actually have to do way more designs for a flash show than you have to do for a traditional 2D show. Right. So part of my job is figuring out what new backgrounds we need to have designed and what we can use that's been designed previously. And same with characters and props mm. and effects and all that fun stuff. And also looking for continuity errors or like little, the character's looking the wrong way or the character's not sized correctly or all those kinds of things 
that happen along right. the process. And in a lot of getting notes and information ready for un- overseas to understand. Because you don't, they don't have direct access to us all the time in our questions. So we need to give them as much information about each scene as we can. So yeah, you do a lot for the crew. I don't know how you do it. I'm sure you love though being able to kind of look in and be like, this is wrong. You know, that's my <laughs> favorite thing to do. As the, the office gossips. Of, of course, of course. <laughs> I love watching movies and pointing out mistakes. Yeah. It's a skill of mine that annoys a lot of friends and family. And now you get paid for it. It's a dream come true. It is, it is. So I mentioned before that you were in a couple of different positions. Mm-hmm. And just to actually give the full view, the few, the full vision of what I'm talking about, you started as a PA. Mm-hmm. And then you went to storyboard revisionist. Mm-hmm. And then from the storyboard revisionist, then you became assistant technical director. Was that... Is there, yes. is there something? Okay, I didn't uh, know there was something in between. I was there. offered the. You were offered a coordinator position, yeah. and you were like, no, no. Well, no. I thought she was joking oh. because I had only been working there for like two months. There's also that. <laughs> um, but you did all this. It was like within a year. Yeah. So that's a lot of like moving up, which is amazing. But what do you think kind of contributed to that? quick success and able to kind of like move up and into these new positions and also what advice would you give to someone who's kind of in the same boat like we have a lot of people that want to cross over from production mm-hmm. into an artist position or storyboarding and they don't yeah. know how to really do that so um well a couple things so about transitioning from production to art or production to something else I learned later one of the reasons I kept failing those interviews was when they would ask me what my ultimate goal was, I would always say I wanted to be a storyboard artist. Mm. So they would like me, or some of them, I don't know, some of them could have had other reasons for not wanting me, but they didn't want to give a position to someone who's trying to go somewhere else if there was someone else there who wanted to be in production. So if you want to be an artist, I do believe you should be honest about it because you don't want to lie to people in an interview. But if you are not necessarily sure what you want to do, that's how I would word it. Say, I'm here to learn. I'm not quite positive what I want to do necessarily next. I'm that's why I'm getting into a production position so I could see what's available. Yeah. Um, It's a little more open to you actually wanting to be in production because that does happen a lot. People get that PA position and then find that they love it. Yeah. And that's what they actually want to do. Um, so that little nugget of advice. Very helpful. And the other thing is I actually, with my promotions in that year, it was really luck. I was at Stupid Buddy before and I was working as a, like some first couple months I was the only PA on like four shows. Or three shows. I don't know. It's all a blur. Yeah. Um, and then we got another PA. But I was doing a large amount of work at once and it got very overwhelming so when I got to be on a single show I was a little over prepared like I was ready to like work hard and do everything I needed to do and work the extra hours because that's what I had already learned to do from the previous studio so when I got my position I like went and running I was immediately there earlier than I needed to be and like constantly trying to prove myself and trying to meet everyone I could and 
we were a little smaller than the Flash Department. We were just Magiswords instead of doing multiple shows and anything else done in Flash at the studio. Right. Um, so they saw that, and that's when Rochelle, I thought jokingly, offered me the position of coordinator, and I said, ah, hell no, I don't want to get in that production trap. <laughs> um, did not know that she was serious. Maybe would have reconsidered it. But then because I did that, they hired on Scotty, which was great. Um, and then our storyboard revisionist, Steven, got a new job. And I had been working closely with Sean as a PA. And as I was working with him, I got, or Sean's our technical director, who I assist. Yes. For yes. clarification to the <laughs> listeners. Um, he saw that I was getting interested in what he was doing and that I was asking a lot of questions and that, I just sort of kind of understood a lot of it because I am a big organizer and I love to organize and figuring out backgrounds and characters and stuff is a lot like a puzzle because you only get a certain amount of points per episode that Mm. a certain amount of designs that a designer can do before it's overtime and way too much for a single person to handle in two weeks or four, whatever. Um, whatever the schedule yeah. says I'm not in production anymore I don't know <laughs> what do I look like a calendar <laughs> um so Steven got that position and they let me test for it and it was really me working with Sean to get the boards ready to ship because once the storyboard artists are done they don't necessarily have time to fix those mistakes that happen when you have such a large amount of work to do as right. all storyboard artists know and so I got that and then our department got bigger. It got way bigger. And I was not at a pay grade to do the amount of work that Sean would have liked me to do to help out with the amount of workload. So he started training me to become this position that we hoped would exist in the future. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I got to a certain point where I was just doing extra work, he said, we're not going to keep doing this unless she's getting the correct compensation. And that's when I got to move up again. But I did feel really baller getting two promotions in a year. I was like, what? I know. Guys, Tierra started as a PA when I was a PA. And then within like two months, I abandoned her. I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> but it's okay. I- I'm happy for you, though. So oh, thank you. It's well earned. <laughs> and it's, it's always great to kind of see growth within your own team too because that always leaves you with a good feeling like okay like I know there's somewhere else I can go and it's not just like staying in this one spot and hoping for the best or hope that I'm not a PA for eight years and to warn some people once you're a PA on a show they will always slightly remember you as the PA on the show this is true there was a transitional period (laughs) we were still looking for Ryan to do some PA stuff it still happens sometimes. Just, er- just every now and then. Yeah. And I'm always happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell us a little bit of what are some fun things you do outside of work or what do you do to kind of keep your creative energy and mind yeah. just flowing, growing? Um, as people in this, the industry know, it can get pretty overwhelming sometimes. Yes. So it is important to have hobbies outside of your career. And I really love dogs. As you know, I have the cutest dog in the world. You do have the cutest so dog So I spend a lot of time looking at dogs and, you know, talking about dogs and loving on my dog. So that's something I use a lot to inspire me. Oh, but she's your also, muse. Yes, yes. Um, and I, 
I really like doing creative things that aren't necessarily drawing or related to animation at all because sometimes you need to get away from it. So I really enjoy interior design and doing crafts and like making baskets and dream weavers and all those fun little kitschy things. You are the uh, ultimate grandma. I do love blankets. (laughs) Yes, yes. But all the good stuff, all the fun stuff. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about your career, what kind of inspires you to bring passion to your job? Uh, I I actually have a tattoo of the phrase keep moving forward for that purpose. So always remind me of why I got into this in the first place. Like when things are tough, because living in L.A. is always going to be tough for anyone in any industry. So you really got to remind yourself of why you're here and why you're doing this in the first place. If you're just doing it for money, there's other careers for you. Yeah. (laughs) But if you're doing it because you just love cartoons, you're in a good place. You got a shot, kid. This is the place to be if you are into cartoons. Yeah. And then coming up to our final question, the fun Mm -hmm, one. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is your go-to animated movie? Or show yes. to mm-hmm. watch. Mm-hmm. I think I already know, but I'll let you say it just um, for the podcast sake, you know. Tierra and I spend a lot of time talking about anime, how much we love anime. A healthy amount. A, a healthy, you know, a reasonable obsession. What's 12 hours a day? <laughs> What's almost every conversation yeah. we have. Um, so I love Ghibli and I love Full Metal and Brotherhood and Yu Yu Hakusho is my favorite. Um, but I I watch a lot of that and a lot of Hey Arnold. Mm-hmm. Love my Hey Arnold. You know, all the good ones. Yeah, yeah. Of <laughs> I think everyone knows cartoons pretty yeah, well. Yeah. No, no. All good things. All good <laughs> things. I know you're watching My Hero. Oh, love My Hero right now. So another good one. Another good one. Oh. Uh, I believe Tierra has talked about our otaku club. Yes, our animal onesie. Yes, I am anime the club. You yeah. are a flying squirrel. Yes, I am a flying squirrel. Yes. <laughs> In case you guys are looking for us, <laughs> <laughs> you see us walking around. <laughs> we do go outside in them just to walk the dogs. <laughs> um, but so that was all my questions. But before we wrap up, do you have anything you want to ask me? Do you want to have any final words or comments? Any sage advice you want to give to the people? T little. Yes. Question. Mm-hmm. How do you feel working on this podcast has affected your overall career? Oh, well, it has given me the chance to meet a lot of new people, mm-hmm. kind of bust out of my shell and just kind of getting to know people more on just like a friend level too, Yeah, which is a big part of networking, not just, you know, reaching out to people when you want something, but actually learning about them. Very important lesson. Yeah. And I... I think I'm seeing kind of like the the payoff of that of knowing like a lot of different people and mm-hmm. them kind of recommending other people who they who they think will be great for the show and stuff like that. So I think that's been I the biggest way it's kind of affected my life. Ah. I'm more social, which, you know, depending on who you are, maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's not. Yeah. I do love being at home by myself. But this I know. This I know. Yeah, as you know. <laughs> but I also do enjoy going out a lot more now and yeah. hanging out with people, doing kind of like things I wouldn't normally do on my own. Mm-hmm. So that's been good. But overall, the podcast has uh, 
definitely positively impact my life. Yeah. So you do you recommend doing activities outside of your career that are still involved, quote unquote, in your career? You know, clubs, I, organizations, <laughs> workshops. I would say it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. I think it's everything is like in moderation. I don't want to overdo it. I yeah, do need to have this a This is separate, like sugar, man. <laughs> yeah. Just need to, you know, every now and then. But, you know, going to like, they have like the woman in animation events or mm-hmm. they're like uh, film screenings, like the animation is film festivals coming up. Mm. I'm trying to see as a lot of those, but we will see what will happen. But yeah, having like, you know, a good dose of my animation fix and then my other random whatever I do fix yeah yeah to keep me balanced but you know it's good it's good that's awesome thank you good on you thank you (laughs) well if that's it or do you have any like last advice you want to give um our listeners i'll give the same advice okay that my sophomore animation teacher sue croyer gave animation is a cult oh we all know each other and once someone has decided you're out of the the cult it can happen pretty quickly uh always be kind and try your hardest and be humble yeah as often as you can i'm going to have to second that here 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 <laughs> well then that is everything so thank you for coming on to third the show third time's a charm third time's, third a charm. time's a charm we made it looks like you are cut out for this kid congratulations uh, i was hoping and yeah, you have you have the face for radio. What can I say? Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> All right. Well, this is it. So farewell. Adios. And that's it, you guys. What an episode that was. I had so much fun just talking with Ryan. She's always so great to just hang out with, just crack a lot of jokes and just have a really, really good time. So this was really so much fun. Thank you again, Ryan, for coming on to the show and just hanging out with me for a while. Also, thank you to you guys for tuning in again. We really could not do this without you. You guys are amazing. Uh, Just our whole networker community is the best. So as always, don't forget to rate and review us, share the episode if you liked it. And also remember, check into our newsletter if you haven't done that already. So that's it for today, you guys. I hope you had a really great time listening to this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the Animation Network. Networkers, don't forget to check out all of our extras online. Visit theanimationnetwork.org for events and news and helpful services. And connect with us on Twitter at TAN underscore podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash animation network podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the free newsletter and YouTube channel for additional content to boost what you've already learned here. So much free stuff. Go. Go now.